right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA Podcast. My name is Keith here for a solo Monday interview episode. Chuck and John will be back later in the week for a full Fast Break Breakfast episode. Today's episode is all about the Washington Wizards, one of the teams I was most wrong about this season, expecting them to be not good, and they are kind of good. However, they are slipping just a little as they approach the playoffs, and they are fighting with the Celtics and the Raptors for seeding, and they have a road-heavy schedule coming up, so they are an interesting team to watch But before we get to the interview about the Wizards, I want to remind you guys that for the month of March, if you write a five-star iTunes review, we will read it on air and give you a shout-out or a plug for whatever it is you write in that review. We've been having a lot of fun with those. We appreciate those of you who have written reviews. So if you want to plug your Twitter handle or your band or your blog or anything, Just write a five-star iTunes review. It obviously helps us out, and then we will give you a shout-out. Also, if you want to take our relationship with you to the next level, you can become one of those great listeners who supports us financially by going to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. There you can join the very popular Slack chat where we talk NBA around the clock and the Pick'em League, and you get access to the power rankings, which I'm just now realizing I forgot to do. So if you like what we're doing and want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today is a contributor for Fansided and the managing editor of the Washington Wizards site, Wiz of Oz, Mr. Ben Mehich. How are you? I'm doing so well. Wow, you gave me the mister in front of my name. I don't know if I deserve that quite yet. I think I've been doing that with everybody. I don't know why. It wasn't a conscious decision, but I just started doing it. And uh, yeah, Mr., you know, I don't know. It's a sign yeah, of respect. I always feel weird adding those. Yeah, I always feel weird adding those because I don't know who deserves it or not, you know? I at just, what point are you a Mr.? Well, you can't. I feel like you can always do it. Like, it's never wrong. But I guess okay. on the 1% chance where I'm talking to someone who feels like I am way beneath them, and I need to have that respect. I guess there's the, the, the small chance that I did not, you know, disrespect them by just going, like, first name or not giving them a title. Right, and, and nowadays gender is super fluid. Like, I might become a missus in 10 minutes, you know? But I'll let you know if that occurs. You could. I don't know how many instances we have of, of instantaneous gender changes, but I'm no scientist. Okay. We'll figure it out. I mean, this conversation will be fairly long, I think, and we'll see if I change genders. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, we talk. Um, well, so first thing, before we get to gender reassignment, we normally talk breakfast. Have you had a chance to eat breakfast today? You know what? Um, over the past few months, I've made it a point to eat breakfast. I've eaten omelets constantly, um, just normal scrambled eggs. I'll leave like a yogurt and a protein bar. All I had this morning was a protein bar. So I, I think it was a pretty lame breakfast. So I should have eaten more. It's not good for my health. But yeah, I just had a protein bar. That's not bad. I mean, as long as you get your you get your machine working, just so a protein bar yeah. can do it. So that's that's fine. Uh, but but your go to has been. It sounds like you're an egg man. You've been doing a lot of omelets. Yeah, yeah. I, I really haven't been. I hated eggs for a while because I eat them constantly. I eat them scrambled. But for some reason, I never put hot sauce on my scrambled eggs. But I was introduced 
to hot sauce, but my girlfriend on scrambled eggs. I've been putting hot sauce on that. It's made it a lot better, a lot more enjoyable. Been eating spinach omelets, kale omelets. I've introduced, been, uh, kale's been introduced into my life recently. I'm just trying to eat healthy, you know? You started trying to get your body acclimated to the healthy living early on. And there's no better way to do it than a healthy breakfast, really. Yeah, I'm also a hot sauce man. I mean, I could put hot sauce on anything, but I definitely... Uh, I hot what sauce... kind of hot sauce do you use? Uh, I am not incredibly picky, which uh, I do a lot of just Louisiana hot sauce. I feel like I always have a, a pretty firm... Like if I'm ever at a grocery store and it's like 20 cents off or something, I'm like, yeah, I might as well buy one. So I think that's my go-to, but I'm not picky. Like I'll, uh, I'll do most of any of them. What's your... Yeah, I agree. I'm not either, but I usually go with Frank's. If yeah, I yeah. Laying around. Classic. Frank's is what I uh, douse my wings in. The original <laughs> buffalo yeah, wing uh, sauce, I believe. Um, well, anyway, we're here to not only talk about food and gender reassignment. We're going to talk about the Washington Wizards, a team that I, uh, I spent a lot of time kind of besmirching their offseason. I recorded a podcast in early November with Candace Buckner, where I went on the record talking about how much I hated their offseason, and, and they were... They seem to be, the Wizards seem to be having as bad of a year as I predicted. Well, since then, they've actually been really good uh, and have become, you know, one of the better teams in the NBA. So I'm curious, Ben, uh, from your perspective, what is it? What was the catalyst for the change in the Wizards this season to turn them into, like, you know, one of the better teams in the league? Honestly, it wasn't anything that they did roster-wise. As you mentioned, the offseason was pretty bland. They missed out on all the top free agents, say, had a meeting with Al Horford and he picked the Celtics, so that fell through. And immediately after they signed Jan Mahimi to a four-year deal, with, which isn't ideal since you have Marching Porta on a long-term deal as well. Um, they didn't add anyone um, of note in the offseason, and they didn't change their roster as they started improving throughout the season. Um, uh, I guess Scott Brooks started toying with the rotations a bit. Uh, Trey Burke fell out of the lineup, and Tomas Sadoransky's placed as a backup point guard, and that worked a little bit. And... Uh, uh, I think it was really just Scott Brooks um, playing around with the lineups and figuring out how to increase the bench's production. Because for a while, well, even currently, the bench is one of the worst in the league. They were 29th in scoring. Uh, they're still in the bottom half of scoring. But he started stunting the starters' his minutes, which he should have been doing from the get-go. Um, Marquise Morris started leading the bench. Uh, he slotted Otto Porter at the fourth spot. We stopped spacing, and uh, Otto Porter has become the best three-point shooter in the NBA, at least percentage-wise. Um, he started stunting Bradley Beal's minutes, and he became a go-to option off the bench because they didn't have that. And um, adding Boyan Bogdanovich has helped a lot. He's averaged like 16 points a game since he came to D.C. Uh, Brandon Jennings is a solid distributor. He's known for scoring and efficiently, albeit, but um, he's a better distributor than Trey Burke has been. Uh, I think Jason Smith started playing really well. Uh, for the majority of the season, he had a negative player efficiency rating. He was at like a minus 7.14 and now he's near league average, which is a lot better than yeah. negative. Um, he's producing. He's probably their best bench player. When Honestly, at one point, he looked like the worst player in the NBA. It was just players increasing their production, which was naturally going to happen. Um, I, I didn't expect Jason Smith to produce that horribly throughout the season. Um, Scott Brooks is figuring out the team, really. I mean, he's a new head coach. It's going to take some time to figure out your players. Um, and the only players that stayed from this past year's roster were the starting five. So it's going to take some time to get acclimated. And it took them, I guess, a few months, but now they're playing well. So it was just a natural progression, I think. It wasn't anything specific that the team did. 
So you think it was more just kind of the players becoming more cohesive and fulfilling their potential. You think it was maybe more that than anything that like the coaching staff did or the change from Randy Whitman as head coach? Yeah, and I think Scott Brooks there's a lot of credit for keeping that locker room because a lot of a lot of coaches would have lost it. I mean, they they won two games of their first ten, and you, and even the two wins weren't very inspiring, and they were getting blown out by teams that they shouldn't have been getting blown out by. Um, the team looked horrible defensively. They didn't look very cohesive offensively. Um, John Wall was putting up. He scored 50 points against Orlando Magic, and the team lost. So when you have those sort of losses, they can be super. Uh, they can be super defeating, and uh, but. Coach did a really good job of preaching uh, in the locker room. He never lost his voice. Uh, like I said, it's really easy to lose your voice. And Randy Whitman lost his voice last year, and the team finished 500, and he was fired immediately. And everyone knew he would get fired. So Scott Brooks, he was persistent. Uh, he preached defense. Over time, getting Jan Mahimi back helped. Um, just being straightforward with the team and, and uh, film sessions as well. Things like that, small things like that, make a huge difference. Where Randy Whitman, um, he picked and chose. Uh, and, and film sessions that went to call out players. Um, he picked favorites, which was reported before he was fired. And uh, Scott Brooks was straightforward with everyone, from John Wall to Trey Burke to the undrafted rookies. He treats everyone the same, and I think his uh, persistency, um, just constantly preaching defense over and over, and eventually just he drilled it into the team's head and they started playing well. So I think he does deserve a lot of credit for keeping the locker room, which is definitely an underrated aspect of coaching. Yeah, Brad Beal has been finally, I guess he's finally come into stride after showing or teasing his potential after so many years. Do you think it's just, it was just the regular progression of him as a player? Because he's still a pretty young guy. Like, I think he's still only 23. Um, or do you think it was something else that has caused him to finally, I guess, become the all-star or the near all-star, the all-star snub that uh, people were were hoping he would become? Well, yeah, he should have been an all-star. I mean, the name Carmelo Anthony... Uh, they kind of just, just did him a favor or something to get out of New York for the weekend. But uh, yeah, he should have been an all-star. He's, he's an all-star level player. I think with Bradley, the main difference this season has been his health. I'm sure you can remember he dealt with three consecutive stress reactions in his leg, causing him to miss like 30, 40% of the season. Um, when you're constantly dealing with injuries, it's difficult to develop your game. Um, when you're on the bench, obviously, and it's going to cause frustrations. I'm, I'm sure you can remember at the beginning of the season, there was reports of him and John Wall going through a rift where they didn't get along. People were questioning their futures together as a backcourt in Washington. And uh, I knew that was all going to, uh, I guess, wash away if he could stay on the court. And this season, actually staying on the court. And, and the only way you're going to get better and produce for your team is if you play. And that's what Bradley's been able to do this year. They're monitoring his minutes a lot better than they did in the past. Um, they're monitoring practices, which I don't think Randy women did. So they're focused a lot on keeping him healthy, and he stayed healthy, and he's actually producing. So I think health has been a major difference this season. So you think the health and then the on-court play has helped repair or, you know, strengthen that bond between him and Wall? Because, I mean, Wall was saying some, I guess, candid things in the offseason about maybe them not liking each other. So do you think that was just kind of a... I don't know if we just media ran with that quote or is just is Brad Beal's, you know, emergence kind of healed that rift. I think when you see a guy who's billed as your sidekick or a player of um, all-star caliber and you're constantly playing alone and, and your teammates on the bench in a suit constantly and you just got paid nearly $130 million, you just became the team's highest paid player in history and you see him on the bench in a suit, that's going to frustrate you. And I think it did frustrate Wall where last year he was playing with Garrett Temple and Jared Duffy. Those were his best players. And uh, 
and they're not winning games. He's putting up 25 points, 10 assists, 30 points, 15 assists, and he's losing. And I think when you're putting on that much effort and your best teammate is on the bench in the suit, it's going to cause some frustration. And having him on the court this year and actually living up to his potential, he's averaged 28 points since the All-Star break. He has played at an All-Star level. Um, he's added multiple dimensions to this game. He's no longer just a three-point shooter. He's taking a ton of pressure off John Wall. He's creating shots for himself, not being completely reliant on John Wall's passing. Um, he can create shots for himself and his teammates now. He's a really good um, pick-and-roll ball handler. Obviously, you don't want him being your lead ball handler, but just having someone else who's able to create pick-and-rolls for a Marcin Gortat or a Marquise Morris, it, it helps a lot where John Wall doesn't have to consistently carry the team as often as he did. So just seeing him produce, I think seeing him stay healthy actually and uh, earn his money, as John Wall said at the beginning of the season, he wants Bradley Bill to earn his money. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. Another guy who is earning, I guess, earning future paychecks is Otto Porter, who I think if it wasn't for uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo would probably be a favorite for most improved player this year. So with with Porter's emergence, with Beal kind of coming into his own, do you think that big three in Washington of Porter, Wall, and Beal, is that enough for this franchise to, in the future, become a title contender? Or are they going to need to add something else who's maybe better than, than Porter? That's a really tough question because Otto has gotten progressively better. At the beginning of the season, even before he got drafted, at the beginning of his career, rather, and before he got drafted, he was known as like a jack-of-all-trades, but wasn't really great at anything. He was a good mid-range jump shooter. His range was pretty limited, couldn't hit threes. Um, good defender, but very skinny, long, can't defend the best small forwards in the NBA. Um, great without the ball, can't really create for himself. I think he has a, he has a great work ethic. Um, he's added, obviously, three-point shot. He's leading the league in three-point percentage. Um, he's gotten a lot more confident with the ball in his hands. He's able to take players off the dribble now. Uh, he knows how to stop and pop. Again, he's a really good... Uh, he's probably the best on the team moving without the ball. He's one of the team's best defenders. Uh, so if he continues to progress that way, he, he has added some weight. I think he's going to continue trying to do that, some muscle. And if he puts on some muscle, uh, maybe adds more of a ball handling ability to his game. He could become like an all-star level player, maybe like a Tayshaun Prince. We saw the Pistons love, uh, Pistons team in 04 win a championship without really a superstar. I don't know if John Wall is a superstar. I don't know if Bradley Beal will ever reach that that level. He's going to be an all-star player in the future as well. If Adam Porter can reach that level and maybe make the all-star team next year or even be um I guess uh, a name that's floated around as a potential all-star. I, I could see the Wizards taking that next step. And it's not really out of the realm of possibility, just given his, um, the progression he's made throughout his career. He's probably, he's probably the fastest developed player Washington's had in decades. So I, I think with that core and with the, um, internal development, Scott Brooks is, is known for that. Um, I think we're forgetting about Kelly Oubre who has, the most physical capability on the on the roster besides John Wall. He's a super athlete. Um, he's getting better at his shot. And uh, we've seen Scott Brooks make those types of players into contributors. And I think if you do that with Cali Oubre, continue to develop John Wall, Brad Beal, and Nato Porter like he has, I think the team has a lot of potential to win with that core. Uh, Kelly Oubre, who you mentioned just now, he's been in and out of the lineup recently. What is his role going to be uh, going forward into the playoffs? See, this is a, this is a really good question because he's been, like you said, in and out of the lineup. But nowadays, with Marquise Morris out, 
he's been out with illness. I think he should be back tonight against the Celtics. Uh, Oubre has been thrust into the lineup, and he's played really well. The team has struggled defensively, but he's someone that you can depend on defensively. He's very long. He's energetic. Um, for a player who's just turned 21 years old, he really knows how to defend. He's not afraid to defend guys like Jimmy Butler and Paul George like he did recently. He stopped Jimmy Butler's game-winning three-point shot attempt on Friday night. Um, I think that's what you need in a, in a young player like that. He's fearless defensively. But I think Kelly's problem is he's, he's um, overzealous a lot of times. He forces shots and throws the team out of its rhythm. I think he, um, when he's on, he's really on, and you can depend on him to score. But he's not really capable of taking players off the dribble. He's not a good enough jump shooter to depend on for perimeter shooting. So he's capable of really hurting the team on both ends because he gambles a lot. Like I said, he's very energetic, and, and he takes shots that are out of the rhythm of the offense. So teams, like you know, cut their rotations to eight or nine once the playoffs begin. Brandon Jennings is going to be there. Uh, Bogdanovich is going to be there, and, and Mahimi are guaranteed spots. Kelly Uber, I really don't know if he makes that. If he does, it'll be for his defense, and these next few weeks are really going to determine whether or not he's in the rotation. Right now he is because Morris is out, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if he can string together some consistency before the playoffs begin. As an outsider, he seems like one of the few guys on the team that actually, you know, does have that defensive capability and is a, a good wing defender. Like Otto Porter seems all right, you know, but it seems like the Wizards might be needing a, a little more defense, despite the fact that I think the Wizards have the third best record of the last couple months. They have been slipping a little bit, and on their West Coast trip, they were giving up like over 120 points every night, it seemed like, and they've dropped a couple games recently that maybe you think they should have won. So is this team's defense good enough right now to, to win in the playoffs? Are they slipping? Is this just regular season fatigue? Or So, so how, how are you feeling about their defense, you know, looking ahead to the postseason? If they don't improve their defense over the next few weeks, I can't see how this team gets past the second round. If you're giving up over 120 points on a five-game road trip to teams that aren't playoff bound, that are destined to go to the NBA lottery, that really doesn't bode well for the playoffs where really the best defensive teams are the ones that advance. And the problem with Washington is they failed to add an elite-level defender, even during the um, free agency and trade deadline, rather. Um, they could have added someone like P.J. Tucker, who was a really solid defender. I think he's really underrated, who would have helped them a lot against the LeBron Jameses of the world and the Kevin Durant. They don't have that sort of player, and there's, they don't really have an anchor defensively. Mahimi was supposed to be that, but he's splitting time with Marcin Gortat, so it's tough to kind of solidify his role as a team's defensive anchor. John Wall has all the physical tools, all the length and athleticism in the world, sometimes lacks commitment defensively, and really just doesn't get it. And he, and he does struggle against players who keep their dribble alive. The crafty players that could go on Dragons, for instance, usually lights them up. Um, I don't I don't know why he struggled defensively the past few years. He was an all-NBA defender at one point. Bradley Beal is a good defender. Again, not elite. Out of Porter has a, uh, a physical, I guess, uh, flaws where he's not strong enough to guard a LeBron or Kevin Durant. Um, Morris is an underrated defender, but again, not, not elite. So they, they lack an anchor, and they rely a lot on the team's defense. And if, if one piece isn't, isn't playing well, it really uh, messes up the whole puzzle, I guess you can say. And they need to string together, again, more consistency throughout these next few weeks that are going to set the base for the for the playoffs. But if they continue to play defense like they have over the past few weeks, in the past month, rather, um, I, I can't see how this team gets past the second round. But they've been inconsistent all year. At one point in the season, they were playing some of the best defense in the NBA, and now they're not. So 
you just have to hope that once the playoffs begin, that they'll get back into form. Are there any uh, first round playoff potential matchups that maybe you're you're dreading? I, I'm looking at like. I feel like the 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 heat, as you mentioned, with Goran Dragic uh, and the Pacers, could maybe present some real problems. Like, are, are there any are there any first round matchups that you're dreading? Yeah, any team with length, really. The, the Wizards are long, but the Heat, like you said, and the Bucks present huge problems. Um, early in the season, they made Giannis Antetokounmpo look look like Dr. J. Um, he, he completely abused Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre. He's just he's an elite athlete, and and they're the longest team in the NBA, so they're naturally going to give any team in the league troubles. But especially the Wizards, where uh, like a like a Martian Gortat first is going to struggle against John Henson. Uh, uh, Matthew Delvadova does a really good job of getting under players' skin, and John Wall does a really easy job of getting irritated. He's got 14 technical fouls. I think he's two away from getting suspended. He's one of the league leaders in technical fouls. So there's a bad matchup right there. The Heat, like you said, um, Wall really struggles with going to Agnes. Uh, the Wizards hoped Yamahimi would help alleviate their problems with guarding long athletic big men, but Hassan Whiteside has dominated against the Wizards. Uh, John Wall and Bally Beal both scored 40 points against the Heat earlier this season, and they lost. So that, that, that doesn't bode well for the future either. You don't, I think those are two matches that the Wizards would like to avoid. I, I don't see how the Pacers represent much of an issue. Um, Paul George, uh, obviously he's an elite player, but Otto Porter matches up pretty well. And I think the Wizards have the personnel to at least contain him. They don't really have another player on their roster that I'm really that afraid of. I think Miles Turner has potential to be an all-star, but he's not there yet. But he really messes up well against them. Um, he played for the Pacers last year, so he knows he knows the team very well. So I'm not really afraid of the Pacers. I think it's the Heat and Bucks that the Wizards would be. Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too surprising if they were upset by their team in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm thinking this season. I think most the most likely scenario for the Wizards is they win the win a tough first round series, and I think right now probably lose a second round series. But if if that's the case, and then going into next season, as this team looks to build towards the future, they have as difficult a cap situation maybe as any team. Um, assuming they're going to pay Otto Porter either a maximum contract or a very large contract. They've used their draft picks to acquire, you know, Bogdanovich and Markeith Morris last couple of years. So they've kind of eschewed building through the draft. So uh, what can this team do going forward to continue improving? I think Washington's goal from the start has been internal development. Um, Ernie Grossfeld is historically a bad, uh, does a horrible job in the NBA draft. He botched the Jan Vesely pick. He botched other picks that probably just stuck in my mind that I probably don't even want to bring to surface. Um, so I think it's internal development. That's what they're kind of hoping for. If they do lock up Otto Porter, a long-term deal, and it looks like they will. He's only 23. Bradley Beal is only 23. John Wall is 26. Kelly Oubre is 21. It's like, uh, that's part of the reason why they hired Scott Brooks as well, to kind of get the most out of these players and build now and for the future. Where John Brad are both all-star level players. John Wall is an all-NBA player. Otto Porter has shown flashes of becoming an all-star player. And Kelly Oubre has all the potential in the world to become an impact player. So I think they're hoping that Scott Brooks will kind of use his player development chops to continue growing these players. And over time, I think you'll see the cap clear up and they'll try and chase another max level free agent in the future. But for now, I think they're going to lean on their current core and hope that they continue developing. But as far as like salary cap, as you mentioned, or future free agency, they really don't have much to work with. They can try and retain Brian Bogdanovich. I don't know if that's going to be uh, something they're able to do. 
Um, Martin Gortat has a very movable contract. He's 33, but he has two years left on his deal, and his game has aged pretty well. He was a backup center for most of his career, so he has less mileage than like a Blake Griffin does. Um, his game ages well, like I said. He's mostly relying on pick and rolls. He's not very athletic. I think there's a market for him if teams want or need a big man to dump Gortat and start Jan Mihimi, who's on a long-term deal. So they do have some avenues for improvement, but I think they'll focus on internal development. Uh, last couple things. Has the success, at least, you know, like right now the Wizards are having their best regular season since the 70s. Um, has this on-court success this year done enough to quell those critics of Ernie Grunfeld in the front office and will, you know, help him stay in power for another few years? I think the ownership has built a reputation. Ted Leonsis owns the Wizards and Capitals, and he's been a really forgiving owner, probably the most forgiving owner in the NBA. Um, I I don't know. I mean, he's he's botched he's botched countless picks where the late great Flip Saunders wanted Clay Thompson, and Jan Vasily clearly had was going to be a bust, and he picked Jan Vasily. I passed on Kawhi Leonard as well. Um, he's, I guess the Otto Porter pick worked out, but Bradley Beal and John Wall fell into his lap. He trades first round picks constantly to clean up his own mess. When they needed a stretch four, um, he traded a first round pick for Marquise Morris. When they needed scoring, like they knew they were going to need scoring in the offseason, but felt acquire it. He traded it midseason for another first round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. So, Garfield does a really good job of cleaning up his own mess, but the problem is he creates one every year. So, just from a fan's perspective, I, I don't think they're going to be too fond of Ernie Grunfeld, but I think the ownership, he's done what the ownership has asked him to do, which is to stay below the luxury tax line um, and build a winning team. And the Wizards since, I think, 2014 have been a 500 or above. Even last year during the disaster season, they finished 500, and now they're having their best season since 1978. They haven't won 50 games since the last time they won a championship, which was that year. And they're on pace to win 50-plus games this year. I can't see how he's not going to be the uh, team's president going forward, especially given the team's or the owner's willingness to kind of forgive and just build on, on what they currently have. Yeah, beyond the draft picks, I mean, as, an, as a fan watching them, my take is always that the the his free agent signings every year are always kind of I, I like Martel Webster, you know, was a bunch of money. The yeah, th- they already traded away Andrew Nicholson, like Mahenmi, right. even though he's supposed to help, like him being tied up for so many years in, into the future at such a large number, where it's like you know this guy keeps making huge, and he's and he's been around for forever, you know, as this team has been bad. Um, final thing, Marcin Gortat has spoken before a couple times on Twitter. I guess, I don't know if he's put his foot in his mouth or not, but he's, uh, he's had a few exchanges talking about pornography. So I'm curious, uh, over under in the next 10 years, Gortat appears in 0.5 pornos. You taking the under or the over? Wow. In the next 10 years, you said? I'm saying in the next 10 years, will Mar- Marcin okay. Gortat appear in one pornography, probably titled okay. The Polish Hammer or something else. So in 10 years, he'll be 43. I think he'll be out of the NBA by then. I'm thinking. Uh, he, has, he has a lot of ties to Poland. He'll probably end up working in the government. He won't need money, so he's not going to do any weird porno. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see Gortat doing a porno. He's low-key. I'm sure he's recorded some videos that he keeps private, probably on his phone. He's <laughs> locked with, with uh, a password that's probably easily identifiable. Um, if you can get a hold of his, his phone, I'm sure you can get multiple pornos from it, but I, I don't... I don't think he'll be starring in any pornos 
I know, unfortunately. I know publicly he once responded to a tweet from Brazzers talking about like how good it is to be a porn star. And he was like, LOL, as in maybe this is something I'll look into. But I, I don't know. All right, so, so we have you on the under. We have no yeah. no Martin Gortat starred pornography. Man, not even a cameo. No, no Martin Gortat starred pornography. And honestly, um, it, he might, I, I think it will be better to just use our imagination. He might end up being a disappointment. He's declining physically. He's not as athletic as he once was. <laughs> I don't know what's going on down there. I, I don't I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask him. I don't think you should either. Um, but I, I don't know if that's something we'd like to see anyway. Let's just use our imagination for that. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good answer. Well, uh, well, Ben, thanks so much for your time, for coming on to talk uh, some Wizards. Can you, uh, you got anything you, you uh, want to plug? Um, uh, nothing really. If you want to check out wizardwalls.com, we pump out content every day. Um, right now we're getting prepared for the playoffs so we're previewing that um, we do game nights every day as well um, so standings are shifting constantly the Wizards are two games behind the Celtics the Raptors are a game behind the Wizards so we don't know where the Wizards are going to end up but it's an exciting time to uh, I think follow Wizards coverage and we've done a really good great job for the past few months to covering the teams so if you want to check out wizardballs.com I really appreciate that yeah, sure. I also just noticed maybe an hour ago that Wiz of Oz is a homonym, you know, for like the Wizard of Oz. Again, one of those things I never had spent any brain power on or said aloud. I'm like, oh, I get it. Wiz of Oz. Yeah, I didn't even know. Like, I was the editor and I was like, why is this our name? And then it hit me. Like yeah, so for, for our listeners, it's uh, Oz as an awesome A W E S, Wiz of Oz. And again, I, I hadn't put that together. I also hadn't put together that Brent Berry's Twitter handle Barry a three again homonym for like it making took me a while burying, yeah, it like took again I'd never 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 crossed my mind. All right, well uh, <laughs> Ben, thanks so much. Uh, really appreciated having you on. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, thanks a bunch to Ben for coming on the show. You can find him at Ben. Mehich MBA, B E N M E H I C MBA on Twitter. He covers the Wizards and MBA there. Rest of you guys, thanks for listening. If you want to join our Patreon, you can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash fast break breakfast. Go to the stepback.com for all your NBA news and entertainment. You can follow us on Twitter at fast break break. Like us on Facebook. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break break, man. You understand? Know